Hi, thank you for joining me on my podcast, No Agenda, No Apologies. This is Lisa Marie Costabile. Some of you may know me as Kota in the spiritual world. I have a wonderful guest today from the UK. His name is Russ Hughes. Most of you know Russ from his very successful music and audio production blog, Pro Tools Expert. Russ is also the founder of Sociotech, which is the number one marketing agency for pro audio technology. Not only is Russ very successful in the music and audio community, but he's a great inspiration, a family man, and a good friend. He has so many great, amazing tips in a positive way about him to get us through these difficult times. I'd like to welcome Russ. Hey, Russ, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, I suppose it's, is it breakfast there? It's uh, 10 to 10 p.m. in the evening. Oh, really? Here in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, we're here at um, yeah. a quarter or three in the afternoon. All right, yeah. It's always a bit weird when I travel over over to the west coast of America and try and speak to my family who are going to bed when I'm having breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. So how are you? sound fantastic. Anyway. I mean, let me just tell the audience a bit about our relationship, how I met Russ. is um, I met you, what, about, uh, what, six? Six years ago? Five years ago? Five, okay. In Los, An- in Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, Russ is one of the coolest people I've ever met, especially being in the music industry. Um, you're incredibly down to earth and you're hilarious and you're very inspiring. So, But I appreciate you coming on the show. No problem. It's a pleasure to be asked and an honor to be asked. I know. I know you jumped right on it and I appreciate it so much. Um, so how is the UK doing? How's everybody over there doing? Because we don't we do get news here if I sit and watch the BBC, but I'm trying to keep up with the news here and also not watch too much news and get, you know, overwhelmed. And plus I'm homeschooling. So how how is everyone over there dealing? Yeah, well, we got uh, school closures happened a week ago tomorrow. So mm-hmm. uh, we've had our five year old home since Monday. Right. Uh, I work from home anyway. So when people said you're going to have to work from home for the foreseeable future, well, I've been doing it for a decade anyway. So right. no change there. Right. But the change was that my wife, uh, who uh, works in law, she had to bring her job home. Okay. So we had to set up an office at home for her. Okay. Uh, and then we had to figure out how we would carve up our day so that I could, so that we both share the burden of both doing jobs and looking after our five-year-old and homeschooling her. Uh, And it's, I nearly posted on Facebook yesterday that after four days, it's been really hard and people don't know how hard it is, but I'm struggling. I'm taking, taking lots of medication, but I was actually just joking about the homeschooling bit because if it's taught me anything, I I tell you what we're going to talk. I'm sure we're going to talk about what this is doing to us as a, as a world right now. Exactly. If nothing else, if nothing else, this has taught me how valuable our teachers are and how impressive their skills are to do what they do. It's incredible, isn't it, what they do? It, it is. They're magic. They, re- they really can um, connect with children, and it takes a special person to be a teacher, that's for sure. I think I mentioned it to my daughter's teacher all the time. Thank you. I don't know how you deal with these 22 kids running around. <laughs> you know, my daughter's in third grade. How old is yours? She's, fi- she's five years of age, so right. she's in P1, as we call it, first grade, I suppose you'd call it there. Right. Yeah. That that's probably a little more difficult taking care of a child that's a little younger as well. I mean, we have to jump into these math books and they're learning a different way that I'm learning that I learned. So it's like I have to research and then I ask Greg and then you know, we have to figure out how to teach at home. It's definitely a challenge, but teachers out there are definite they're definite heroes. 
isn't it funny that until recently everybody everybody would go on about how important billionaires were but mm-hmm. suddenly it's the nurses and the drivers and the shelf stackers and the teachers that's who are the most important people on the planet right now are right yeah yeah they're the front line it's just amazing that suddenly all the most the people that we often malign, the shelf stackers and the drivers and the teachers mm-hmm. and the people who work in our health services and the people who take care of the elderly are suddenly the most important people on the planet. And I said to my wife the other day, don't you hope that at the end of this, the world will have changed to be a little better, that we'll spend more time because we're learning to spend more time with our families. Uh, we're spending less time going out shopping. Yeah. We're not traveling as much. Mm-hmm. And do you think we'll all end up changed by the end of this? I hope so. I hope I so. I hope that I do. I, I would. It would be the, the the worst thing. Yes, the deaths are bad. Yes, the sickness is bad. Yes, the pressure on our health systems. Yes, the economic um, shot that we're going to take after this is going to be horrendous. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Right. But please, please, for, for all of all that's sacred, please let us learn some really valuable lessons from this. It, otherwise, it will be for nothing in my opinion. Right, right. The beauty of um, some of this is, of course, family time. And when we were out walking, um, we tried to get out and walk about an hour a day. And we were out walking in the later early evening. And to see all the people, they're actually in their yards, utilizing the yards, playing basketball, you know, playing hopscotch, of course, keeping a distance. There wasn't, it wasn't like someone would walk up to me and be six feet close to me. They were definitely six feet apart. But um, just to see people outside, I'm always someone that walks through the, na- I'm a New Yorker by heart, so I walk through the neighborhood constantly. But it was wonderful to see people outside. And I tried to explain to my daughter, this is how it used to be when I was growing up. Everybody was outside. Yeah. We were playing yeah. hopscotch. We were playing, um, um, you know, jump roping or, or, or just finding rocks. I spoke about that in my first podcast. Um, but I do hope that sticks. And I also hope that what I hope sticks is um, people having a sense of wanting to help other people and especially the elderly, exactly. especially the elderly, exactly. because I've always felt that, especially in America, I don't know how it is in the UK, but um, once you're over 30, I feel like people kind of get discarded. And the older you get, the less important people think you are. And that's something that I'm hoping will change. And is it is it true that there's somebody said the other day that, 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 that the sacrifice of the elderly was enough to keep the stock market going in America? Was that is that a true quote? It was a true quote. I hate to say it. I won't mention the person's name. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's just it's just an obs- it's obscene. And I think that's the first time in this whole thing that I actually got incredibly angry um, because I have a dad who's into his eighties and. He, you know, for me, he means a lot and he, he's something for society. And I think he's very valuable, just like every other grandfather or grandmother or anyone, even anyone over the age of 60, 65, um, we're all equal. And I wanted to point that out too, that, um, it's showing, I I'm hoping, and many people I speak with are definitely stepping up to the plate, helping their neighbors, checking in with people. I guess that's where I'm from. Um, back in the day, that's what we used to do. You know, we would check in on people, drop off something at the door um, and things like that. So that that's work. That's one of the positive things coming out of this. So I, I think and also I think that people have gone through a whole grieving process. So first, the thing was denial, wasn't it? Right. This can't be happening. This can't be true. Right. It's no different to common flu. And then we had 
fear and kind of like panic and like, hey, uh, we all went out and bought toilet roll for some bizarre reason. Is it <laughs> some kind of uh, toilet problem that people are going to have? It's got nothing to do with your bowels. It's a, it's to do with your lungs. And so we had that. And I went through all of those emotions. You know, for two days last week, I just couldn't work as my head was trying to right. process this whole thing. And then I got to a place about two days ago. I said to my wife, I've got to the place now. You might have to beat this. Tell your, tell your, tell Greg. Mm-hmm. I thought, fuck you, COVID. I'm gonna, we're gonna get through this. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And I think I, I, I've kind of adopted a fighting spirit now, and thought, yeah, we just got to knuckle down. It is what it is. It's not an asteroid coming to Earth. Exactly. One of the reasons why I did start the podcast when I did, it was almost like, okay, well, we have the gear. I talk to my clients now. I really can't see them face to face. I need to say something. Um, and the ongoing thing is definitely you must be grounded with this. There's nothing we can do about what's going on outside, but there is something we can do in how our point of view is towards this whole thing. And um, I've, I've always practiced, this is the way I live. This is what keeps me sane. I have to be in the moment. I have to just um, believe that what I'm doing in the moment is the right thing and not worry about everything else going on. And, you know, a lot of people may be sitting home watching the news. I think too much news is not good. I think you can get a little fix of it for 10 minutes in the morning, but to sit in front of the TV and constantly go over and over the news is just not good, not good for your psyche. And I I keep saying it over and over. What's going to separate the people who are going to overcome this are the people who stay sane and the people who stay grounded. Am I right? You're right. Well, you know, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention, actually. The first thing I wanted to mention is uh, that I read a book at Christmas, which is good. I just read a book just at the new year because and it's called Stop Stop Reading the News. Yeah. And when I saw the title, I first dismissed it thinking who would be irresponsible enough to stop reading and watching the news? Mm -hmm. Because I always felt as a citizen, it was my responsibility almost morally Mm -hmm. to be informed. And so I started reading this book. And the more I read this book, the argument was so convincing that news and here's the the start of the book has this really great uh, illustration. He says one thing he noticed early on was it didn't matter whether there was no news or it was 9-11. The news show is still the same length and the newspaper is still the same thickness, mm-hmm. which goes to show that it doesn't matter what's going on. They are making news out of whatever's going on. And so if you look at this uh, COVID-19 thing, it's just constant analysis. One expert saying one thing, another expert, and your head's going to spin. So the best piece of advice I can say to people is find reliable. So my reliable sources are the new scientists, uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization. And I'm generally staying away from anybody who says they've got a friend who's a doctor and then quoting them on Facebook. Right. And I'm staying away from any new. I don't watch the news anymore. I don't watch news shows. I don't read news anymore. But I, I'm better informed than I've ever been because I get my news sources, not through the filter of Fox or the filter of uh, BBC, but I now get it from the, the original source. I get it from the health organization. I get it from the political uh, uh, party that's that's campaigning so I can read their manifestos. So I think we just have to be wise because news organizations are there to get you to watch their show or to read their paper. And in order to do that, they're going to sensationalize stuff. They're going to try and have the story. You know, there's a news editor out there waiting for somebody famous to die 
from COVID-19 waiting for them to die I know. so they can get the story out first. Right. Yeah, that's exactly true. So they're, so they're as much entertainment as they are information. And there's some fantastic journalists out there. But the news cycle has taken away a lot of their skill because they're not allowed to be the journalists they, they're trained to be and qualified. And it's it's sad. So I, I say to, to your listeners, stop watching the news, stop reading the news. Go to reliable sources, those data sources. Uh, I think in America it's different to us, but we've got the NHS and we've got the uh, Public Health England. So you'll have your CDC, I think it's in the States. Mm -hmm. It's one of your sort of go and get your information from the from the well, from the source, not from somebody who's Mm -hmm. take, not from somebody who's put a bucket down the well and then put some some soda in it or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely. And and you made some great points and in going right to the source. And and no matter how many times you tell people. They have to just put the TV on and especially broadcasting. We don't broadcast the TV in front of my daughter. She really, she knows a little bit what's going on, but she doesn't know that much that's going on. She doesn't need to. And I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make or families make is that they, they have the news on with their, their entire family, which I think personally, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a therapist, but I personally think that's not necessarily great for the psyche. I think um, if you're constantly listening to this negativity day in and day out, and then you go on Facebook and you're watching day in and day out all this negativity, it's going to land on you and it's going to just pollute your entire system. I also think another way of fighting this I had mentioned earlier is, is your mind. So not only physically you have to keep healthy, but mentally. And I truly believe that um, your immune system will go down if you just a nervous wreck if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're drinking too much. And um, it's important. So our job not only is to stay in in, and wash our hands, but also stay positive. That's that's probably the number one reason why I started this podcast. And I'm incredibly grateful Um, it's well-received. And I I really want to express that. And I'm going to keep expressing it. Everybody who comes on, I'm going to, I'm sure they'll agree Keep positive. Keep moving forward. Keep your, you know, your eye in your lane. How are you dividing your space with your your family, your wife, now your daughter's home? Is it just the three of you at this point? Yeah, but we're incredibly we're incredibly blessed, lucky, whichever word you want to use, depending on what your point of view is in life. That we have a really beautiful home. Uh, I have a studio in the garden that's also my office, and that wonderful. Actually, uh, I I cleared my desk off today. I took away all my control surfaces and all my kind of music gear so that my wife can go out there and she said she found it really helpful as well to have I think so a piece of advice to anybody that's now been uh, sent home to work is find a space find a room in the house and turn it into an office that you walk into where you go to a door that's work and when you come back out it's home again mm-hmm. and don't try and work on the kitchen table or you know, in the in the in the day room with a with a family around, you have to have a space so that you can keep your family space sacred and your workplace sacred, and and have a dividing line between the two because otherwise you're going to go insane. You're going to get very little work done. So have a have a space and just we took we had a guest room and we just at the weekend I took the bed down, put it away, and said this is now a space we can use as an office in the house if you want to use that and she used it for a few days but now she's actually using my office too because i think that's a way to maintain your sanity if you're going to be at home Mm -hmm. because the other problem is if you start working from home and take it from somebody who's done it for a decade is if you're not careful 
it's not only the physical lines that get blurred, but the mental bl- li- lines get blurred. Mm-hmm. And you'll work all the hours because you'll say, okay, I've got just one more email or one more text to reply to. So make sure you actually have a physical space and also have delineated time where you say, okay, this is now family time and work is going to stay out of it. And then this is work time and family stays out of it. And it's it, unless you have those disciplines, it's going to be really hard for you to work at home. Right. I believe in consistency too. Somewhat of a schedule. I mean, we we are definitely, yeah. since um, Greg's working from home, we're not up at 6.30, I'll tell you that. But um, definitely a, a somewhat of a schedule, a consistency. And everyone, you know, he's working from home, so he gets his own space in his, in, in his studio. And then I'm working in my space. And then even my daughter now is, is generating her own space. And it makes, it, you know, you need to keep that space. We don't, there's going to be a lot of people fighting, a lot of families fighting. Someone told me... Um, there's a statistic coming out that there will be more divorces or more pregnancies in this. A lot of children are going to come. There'll be a lot of babies called. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be a lot of babies next year called quarantine. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I hope more babies than more divorces. Put it that way. It's also having respect for the person that you're living with because if you're able to work and you're able to generate money, you have to respect people's space. Yeah, you do. And I think the thing is that the other thing is. The other good thing to come out of this is I think that families will learn to respect one another's roles because often there are lots of, there's a joke I, I heard last week, which is that a lot of men are now at home and they're wondering who those small people are in their house and it's their children. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just suddenly realizing that actually to be, to look after a child all day is a flipping difficult task. It's really hard. It's physically, often, right. It's physically and mentally it's challenging. Physically, I go to bed every night. Absolutely. <laughs> We call it knackered in England, but absolutely wrecked. It's because I've had a five-year-old that I've had to keep entertained all day. Uh, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. And then, so so I think respecting and appreciate, I think, again, this, this question I'm asking about what will happen at the end of this, I'm so determined and I'm so hopeful that we'll all come out of this appreciating each other a lot more, mm-hmm. appreciating the roles of our partners, the roles of our neighbours, the roles of our health professionals, the people who sh- stack shelves in Costco, or mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? It's uh, all these. As I say, it's please, please, please. Can we hopefully get out, get through this with at least that as a as a, as a as a blessing from it? Right. That's my hope. That's a great hope to have because um, if we as a society can change with the coronavirus, so to speak, where it, it has led us to not have the freedom that we've always had. Imagine if you could go to a shoe store today. I know Greg's looking at me because he loves shoes. Imagine just walking into a store today. I mean, that would that would probably make many people's days. I'm bringing that up because I was looking through my iPhone from months ago and I'm like, oh, Renda and I were shoe shopping. We can't even, it, to even go to a store, you have to wait in line now. I don't know how the lines are in the UK, but here... At some of the stores, especially Trader Joe's, you have to wait in line maybe a half hour to even get into the store. And of course, when you get there, the supplies are limited. Oh, you can only go. You can only the, in the, now we're in we're in lockdowns. So the only stores that are open are food stores. You can't go to shopping to any other store. They've all been shut. Right, right. They're locked down here too. There's only a supermarkets here. There's only supermarkets open. Um, and yeah. Our, we're the same. And I don't, why are people queuing? I don't get it. It's like you get through Thanksgiving, you get through Christmas. I don't get why people think they need to panic buy. If we'd all treated this like it was normal. I, I tell you what's really hard is because 
the reason we've got a quarantine is because the health systems won't. It's not because we're all going to die of this. Right. It's because the, the health systems just are not developed. And actually, I, I, I really have, I don't want to get political here, but we have a national health service in this country. But imagine in countries like yours right. where, where you don't have national health. Uh, there's if if the cases peak too greatly then the health system collapses and you just can't cope with it and i think new york are saying that they're struggling right now i think in your country uh so what we're trying to do is smooth it out but at the same time you've got to find this balance between saying to people hey take this seriously without thinking there's a meteor coming towards the planet and at the same time uh don't panic it's a real hard balancing act for the for the, the politicians to put out this messaging because the bit about staying home and not giving it to other people is because the health service just the health systems are just right. There's do. not enough um, beds. There's not enough masks. There's not yeah, enough gloves. ventilators, all those kind right. of things, and 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 all that kind of thing. And, and it, it will just yeah. So that that's kind of thing. I was going to mention actually that you're saying about going out. You can't go out and buy shoes right now. But as you know, I lost sixty pounds over about fourteen months. I yes. changed my life. Yes. And, uh, What's really interesting, you know, is when you don't get to eat chocolate all the time or drink alcohol all the time or go out for takeaway all the time, how much more enjoyable it is when you do get to do it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Because consumerism has become a normality part of our lives. Again, I just wonder at the end of this, will we just appreciate the simple things of going out to buy a new pair of shoes and all those kind of things and and things like that? Right. That's what I'm saying. The the small things. I've always tried to stop and smell the flowers and I definitely teach my daughter that but um as far as you you getting to your goals I've been following you for a, a while now I'm, I'm like I'm one of your biggest fans following you on your weight loss journey and and um I might as well bring this up now but one of the things that I'm seeing on social media a lot are people talking about um they're saying I'm eating so much and then other people are saying I'm not eating that much because they either don't find the foods that they want or they're nervous but I've looked at it where people will come out of this 10 pounds heavier or 10 pounds lighter. That's what I'm seeing on social media, either the overeaters or people not eating enough. It's very interesting. And if people can just maintain exactly what they were doing before, I think it shouldn't be a problem. But that's another thing going back to taking care of yourself, being healthy, um, mind, body, and spirit is very important. Now, how did you, with your journey, what, what are some of the things that you did? Well, it's interesting that when you, it's interesting you bring up now about the 10 pounds lighter, 10 pounds heavier thing, Mm -hmm. because the reality is that what I suddenly realized was I was suddenly came to the the realization that food, I was using food like alcoholics use alcohol, Mm -hmm. is that when I was tired, I'd eat. When I was fed up, I'd eat. When I was frustrated, I'd eat, I'd go to to booze or I'd go to chocolate or I'd eat a tub of ice cream. And I suddenly realized that food was this kind of drug that was my comfort. I was comfort eating Mm -hmm. uh, and stuff. And it was like, hey, I've had a terrible weekend. Stuff it. I'm going to go and eat a load of takeaway. And when I realized, when I started taking control of food rather than having food control me, Mm -hmm. which was the reality of the situation, that's when I started to lose pounds about 60 pounds i've lost nearly 25 percent of my body weight that's what's happened wow which is insane in just over a year wow and i have to recommend a book and i think i recommended it to you before but to, to your listeners as well atomic habits 
Uh, it's by a guy called James Clear that says if you change just 1% of every part of your life, it will make a much bigger difference than trying to do big things. Because people said to me when I lost all my weight, what one thing was it, Russ? I said it wasn't one thing. It was a thousand tiny decisions. Mm-hmm. It was a choice not to have that chocolate bar when I was feeling tired. Or it was a choice to have an apple instead of a chocolate bar. Or it was a choice to go running instead of to sit in front of the TV. The other thing I did during this whole thing, there's, there's I now run 5K three times a week. Before I started my life change, I couldn't get to the top of the stairs without being breathless. And the most remarkable thing is, that if I wanted to go running now with my old weight, I'd have to run with my five-year-old daughter on my shoulders because oh, wow. that's how much weight I've lost. Imagine. So what I did was I made a decision that, and and the running was like, first time I went out, I walked for five minutes and ran for two. And then I'd walk a bit more and run a bit more. Then I'd walk less and run more. And over time, it was this whole thing of little tiny changes that made all the difference. And I tell you what's confusing people as well about the COVID-19. They can't believe that two things as simple as washing your hands and staying home is going to beat this thing. They think that because we all want, it's always the case, it's like weight loss or it's business. We always want a magic wand solution. We always want a revelation. We always want that eureka moment. And yet mm-hmm. I've discovered that it's not the eureka moments. It's the simple, yeah. constant, determined things that you keep repeating, whether that's having doing mindfulness for 10 minutes every morning. Uh, and I just atomic habits is all about having a will, having a life. It's got all these tiny habits that make a giant hole. And we can't we all want somebody to give it a miracle cure for COVID-19. Or we always say, hey, if we did this magic thing, it would fix it. The right. magic about this is if we all do the simple things of washing our hands and staying home, we can beat this. But that's just too simple for most people. It's just too simple. They can't, they go, why can't it be more difficult than that? It's not. It's not. Our, our parents were called to go to war. We're called to go and sit on the sofa and watch Netflix. How hard can that be? Well, here's a word for you, two words that, that a lot of people today don't even comprehend. Delaying gratification. Take that in. Many, many, many people don't follow that. Delaying gratification just for one moment. And that's why people are going nuts at home. They want now. They want their food now. They want to go out now. They want the gym now. Now, also, they're left to themselves. People are left at home. There's not a whole lot of distraction. I mean, there is the internet. There is iPhones. But people being home by themselves or with their family, they, they need to get real with themselves. And that's another thing too that's point that people will definitely start to think about. They're left alone to figure themselves out. And they start thinking and then they start, you know, fantasizing about this and then getting nervous. And then again, back to staying grounded, staying grounded, staying in the moment. I also want to bring up a book that you referred to me way back, um, it was a few months ago, called The Six-Minute Diary. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. that's That was another life-changing moment. Right. Great book. T- can you tell the audience about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, basically, it's it's because journaling is so hard. If you, if you, it's a bit like songwriting, and, and, your, and your husband would know about this. That <laughs> <with> <laughs> the hardest thing when it comes to the, the most frightening thing when it comes to any kind of creative pursuit is a blank page, whether it's a script for a movie 
whether it's a song, a blank page. And the great thing about the six minute diary is it's journaling, but with prompts. And what I mean by prompts is it's as simple as this. At three minutes in the morning, you say the things you're thankful for. You just write them down and you write down what you're going to do that day. So it's not a task list. It's a purpose list. So it, so it might be I'm going to smile at the, the person across the street or I'm going to make a more determined effort to be a better husband or, or something like that. So it's not a task list. It's not like I'm going to go to the grocery store. It's So it's not about about uh, transactional stuff. It's about about life stuff. So you write three things you ha- you're, you're thankful for. And they can be as simple as I had a great call with my mom on the phone yesterday mm-hmm. or the guy came around to fix my car, which I've been trying to get fixed. It's really simple stuff. So it's 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 about counting your blessings, and then one thing you write down then is a positive affirmation, and it might be, "I'm a good mom, I'm a good dad, I'm a good son," and writing down those positive affirmations. It's not like voodoo. There's nothing weird about this. It's just reminding yourself, because the world is constantly telling you how bad you are because you see magazines saying, "Hey, have a beach body or be Mr. Pumped or whatever," and yet most of us aren't. And so, but in our own world. We could still be heroes. So you write down that. And then in the evening, you come back to it just before you go to bed. So I used to do mine just as I, as I got up in the morning. And last thing at night, you wrote down three things you were thankful for that day and one good deed that you've done that day. It's as simple as that. That is the six-minute diary. It takes three minutes in the morning, three minutes at night. And it's just a way of grounding yourself again and reminding yourself mm-hmm. is that tonight, just before I put my daughter to bed, we play hide and seek every night in our house before bedtime. It's a really <laughs> silly game. So I hid under I hid under the duvet tonight on the on the bedroom floor. And she came and climbed under it with me. And I said, Aoife, do you know there's thousands of kids tonight who will be under a blanket on a street somewhere with their parents because they have no house? Wonderful. And she's five and she doesn't need to know. You see, we promise we never talk about money with her. She never needs to know where money comes from because there'll be a point in her life where she'll have to worry about where money comes from. Right now, she doesn't have to. But I do want her to count her blessings. And that's what I said to her tonight. And she got it. And, you know, if you and if you keep doing that for your kids and just helping them to count their blessings. So about a week ago, my daughter was in the in the day room and the TV was on. And she came up to my wife and she said, Mommy, I need three pounds. And she said, why do you need three pounds? She said, I've just seen an advert for children who've got cancer. And I'd like to send them some money. Aww. And she's five. And she's five. Oh, good parenting. Well, it's, it's, it's just it's just gratitude is an attitude. And I think if we can just teach our kids that, and teach ourselves, again, it's, a, it's another thing right now is to just count our blessings. Being in gratitude. I definitely rally my clients to keep a gratitude journal. Incredibly important. Yeah, and that six-minute diary is great for that. Six-minute diary is great for that. And as I say, and there are days when you, when you just face, uh, like when our, we lost our dog last year, and that was heartbreaking because mm. he was such a beautiful dog. And I remember mm. the, day, the day I had to write the journal that day. Uh, and you do have you do have dark days, but uh, another thing about journaling on the dark days, you can look back at it six months later when you're through it and think, "Hey, that was a dark time, but I'm through it." Uh, and I think sometimes suicide is a result of people not realizing, looking back on the dark times and knowing that they beat them. There's a way out. There's always a way out. It always gets better. There's always a way out. There, there is always a way out. And I've had some dark times in my life. Oh some yeah, really dark times. Yeah. So count your blessings, and 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 I think I just I'm 53 now, and I'm in better shape than I have been for probably 20 years. 
Uh, I mean, you look amazing. You look like a completely different person. I feel like a completely different person. Uh, my wife thinks she's married to a different guy, so she didn't have to get she didn't have to have an affair. <laughs> it works out but, for everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, it does work out. But but I, I think to your listeners, just just what, what I'm, if if there's any kind of whole theme to what I'm saying today is that and I, there wasn't any kind of contrivance to this. What right. I'm saying is that I'm learning at 53 that it's the small things in life that count. Stop waiting for those revelation moments because they rarely come. Just start attending to the small things in your life and you'll start to see change. That's my real honest, firm belief in this last two years. I've, I've never been in a better place than I am now. That's great advice. Do you want to tell the listeners what you do on your off time when you're not working? Yeah, I go running. Uh, we love eating. So we go out, we go out and have, find, find great restaurants, uh, love movies. Uh, just signed up for Disney Plus. If you've got your kids at home right now, then get Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I haven't got shares in it either. But, uh, so, yeah, we just, a lot of simple things. I, I don't climb mountains and I don't, I don't go fight sharks. Uh, you didn't, you didn't make it to base camp of Mount Everest yet? <laughs> no, a friend of ours did it. It's really funny because a friend of mine did it. Oh she my said, goodness. It was, she, she, and it's incredible. And she said to me, she she felt that me losing weight was harder than her getting to the top of Everest. And I thought it was an amazing compliment that, to make. That's definitely um, a com- great comparison. It is. That whole, it is. The whole weight thing is a whole other ball game. It's a whole other thing. It's an animal. Yeah, but I think that, that we'll have demons that we, have, we are trying to fight. And I think we all, we've all been sold this story where we've seen these amazing kind of transformational moments of business. And like my blog was the same, like, you know, me through my blog and mm-hmm. my blog started over a decade ago and I didn't make any money for four years. And now, now I don't know if you know, I am the domain million dollar blogger because it's made millions of dollars over the years now. And people say to me, how did you do it? And I said, I got up every day and I wrote a blog post. And I go, well, what about everything else? They go, no, that's how I did it. I was consistent. And consistency counts for a lot in this world. I was consistently putting out content day after day after day. I've seen so many people say, I'm going to start a great blog or start a great podcast. And within six months, it's all over. And the reason reason I was successful is I'm still doing it 10 years later. Wow, that's wonderful. Do you want to get into a little more detail about what your business is? Yeah, well, I have to. Basically, what happened is that my wife said to me she was doing a politics uh, degree at the time. I'm, just so your listeners know, I'm married to a very smart woman. Uh, I, I, I'm batting right out of my league. So she's the smart one of the two of us. And so she's she's now doing she, – I'm married to a woman who's basically an Erin Brockovich. She does uh, uh, immigration claims and human mm-hmm. rights law and all that kind of stuff. So, But anyway, before that, she was doing a politics degree. And she came to me one day and she said to me, Hey Russ, I'm going to do this politics degree. I'm going to be, I'm still working, so I'm going to be doing it every night and every weekend for a year. So, you better find something to do with your time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, so I was in a forum one day called the DUC, which mm-hmm. is where all the Digi Design Pro Tools users, and they were complaining about nobody making a blog for a certain thing, which is about the musical instruments uh, they they use in, in music production. And uh, I remember somebody somebody saying in that forum. Somebody should do something about this. My dad taught me that when somebody says somebody should do something about this, they mean anybody but them. 
Mm. So nobody else volunteered. So in the absence of a volunteer, I said I'd do it. So I started that blog, and it was to support the the, the Pro Tools community. And, and and as I say, I just blogged every night and every weekend because my wife didn't want to talk to me. She was busy doing her mm-hmm. politics degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and then suddenly two years later, we had a million readers, and it just was insane. Wow. And then it went grew and grew and grew. We had like last year, we just had seven and a half million readers. Uh, and uh, that's how I met Greg, uh, and you. So I know, and it's it and it's 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 been amazing. And now I don't do I so. So about five years into that, people started coming to me from the brands that, that are in the industry and saying, hey, Russ, can you do this for us? And I said, well, not really, because I'm running a blog and it would be a bit weird because I want to maintain independence. And it, this pressure kept coming and coming. So in the end, I started an agency gate, and gate had somebody else run the blogs now. So, so they're, they're editorially run by somebody else. And on a day to day basis, I have an agency that, that helps people in the music industry. Uh, with marketing and artist relations and uh, PR and stuff, and and uh, we're a specialist agency and uh, very niche, and we've been incredibly successful. Uh, but I think that's basically down to me just finding great clients who make great products and are great people. And uh, so, uh, yeah. So, what's the name of that agency? Sociatech. We work with some of the smartest brands in the industry. Uh, and Greg is Greg, your husband is an artist on, for, for some of those brands. He's a, he endorses some of those brands, which is great. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so it's it's been a real journey. Uh, but if you'd told me ten years ago that that was going to be the story of my life, that would have been. Uh, I was kind of. It, this is another interesting thing. I didn't really find out what I really wanted to do in my life until I was just past my fortieth birthday. And I was always taught as a kid at 18, you'd sit down with a career advisor at school, wouldn't you? You'd say, mm-hmm. so what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And it took me probably another 30 years to figure that out. It takes a while to figure it out, doesn't it? And then when you land where you're yeah. supposed to be, it, it just comes easily, right? Yeah. So I'd say to your listeners, if there's, if there's men out there who are like mid-40s and thinking that they, they feel they still haven't done it, or women who've had kids and gave up a career and thinking that they're forgotten it's never too late to find your your place in this in this universe and to make your mark and to really make a difference and i've got a dream life now i do what i love i'm surrounded by amazing people i've got friends like you guys i work with some of my heroes from from my childhood because it's the music industry and Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in a room with a producer that made albums of some of my heroes or some of my artist heroes, and it's just a dream. And and I'd say to those, there are going to be some people listening to your show who are going to go, they feel forgotten. You're right. never forgotten. You just you just have to you just have to, yeah, just find just just seize the moment, and then and then 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 go for it. I think most people lack not talent. But courage. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. I agree. It's great what you're saying to my audience. I think it will definitely resonate with many people. You have a very inspiring story for sure. Well, yeah, but I had to walk it first. You had to walk the walk. <laughs> you're you're an overnight well, success yeah. after what, 25, 30 years? Is that how they say it? Yeah, a friend of mine used to say it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yep. And the trouble is, as I say, that when you watch a movie, 
the trouble with movies is that you don't see them eating their cornflakes or, or, or taking a dump, do you? Because that's all cut out of the movie. It's all edited. <laughs> and the trouble with most – but it's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And most, most stories of success are highly edited. And they don't include the 90% that's mundane and boring. They only include the 10% of, of, of the success. And yet the truth about success is 99% of it is mundane and boring and repetitive. But if you're willing to put in the work, you will get the success. Right. Consistency, whether you're an artist yeah. or a painter or a musician, actor, uh, singer, you have to put in the work. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, I know. I know some of the biggest names in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I get really angry when people say they were lucky. No, nope. every one of them, every one of them that I know are some of the hardest working sacrificial people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. They weren't lucky. They made their luck by getting out of bed every day and trying again and working on shitty album projects before they got the big album project mm-hmm. or touring with a band in the back of a van for five years before they got the big gig. It, it, the, 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 the magic wand moments are rare. Very. Stop believing in them because the minute you stop believing in the magic wand, and realizing that it's those atomic habits, those little repetitive tasks, that's when you get breakthrough. Just do the work. That's what I always say. Even, you know, in the acting business here, my daughter's into it. Yeah. Um, not that she she understands none of what I'm saying, I'm going to say, but you have to keep pressing on and not worry about what everyone else is doing. If you come up for air and you're looking back and saying, what is this person doing? They were lucky. That, that you just become bitter. You have to just focus and keep working on what you're working on. Just do the work. That kind of gets a lot of, I, I sell, I'll tell my clients that too. Um, I'll say to them, just do the work. They'll complain or they'll be frustrated, which is, you know, people in the arts just get very frustrated, um, which is understandable, but just do the work. Keep doing the work. Keep doing the work. That's what all the successful people in the music industry we know, they're constantly, constantly working. As you can imagine, I see yeah. it firsthand. <laughs> yeah. But how many failed auditions did you get before you got the gigs? Do you know what I mean? We've all been through those. St- we, we could all tell this story. Mm-hmm. We can all tell the failed aud- interviews, the failed auditions, the no callback, uh, the, 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 the demos that we made, uh, all that kind of stuff. The demos, yep. Do you know what I mean? We've all, we've all done them. We've all, the, 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 there's no such thing. Re- I, I can't think of anybody. Of all the people, and I know, as I say, I know a, a huge amount of people in this industry in the music industry and i can't think of anybody that walked into a record company day one first demo and got the gig they're 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 legend moments but they're the exception not the rule i can't think of anyone either even in the film and tv industry or people just have to work it's time it's everything it's not luck it's it's everything all the eggs have to be lined up or the ducks have to be lined up everything has to be timed perfectly but you also have to look at people have to look at um, is one ready for it when it when the opportunity presents itself. So be ready, keep working, and be ready. Here's a way to bring all this together on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right now, people have an opportunity. They've got time in their hands, so they've got time to think. They've got time to learn, so they could go on to Linda and dot com if they're into the music business and watch some of Greg's stuff, or mm-hmm. come onto the expert sites and see what we produce. Or they can watch uh, Dame Helen Mirren talk about acting, or Hans Zimmer talk about scoring. 
now is a, a perfect moment. You are being given an opportunity not only to spend more time with your family, but with the downtime. Instead of watching Netflix every night, mm -hmm. get a new qualification or learn a new skill or write a, write a vision for your future, a plan. Or just actually just stop and just and just sometimes, you know, I, I the greatest story I've ever heard about meditation, not even a story, the best illustration of meditation was this, is that somebody took a snow globe and shook it up and then put it on a table and said, watch what happens. Mm -hmm. And over time, all the snow fell down and then you could see the picture again. And some people listen to your show. COVID-19 is the opportunity for them to let the snow, the snow settle and to see what's really going on. Wow. That's a very great observation. Very mindful. Well, I hope we can. I hope we can do that. I hope we can get through the fear, get through the panic and the worry, and get to a place where what can I do? The most important thing I think I was taught years ago is this, is whenever you're faced with any situation, normally a, normally a situation which is challenging, mm -hmm. is ask yourself the question, what can I learn from this? And that's, that, that, that would be my takeaway from this today for your listeners. What can I learn in this season? Because we're in a season we can't do anything about. Let's make it count for something. That's great. Thank you so much, Russ. Not a problem. So insightful. Do you want to um, plug any of your businesses on social media outlets? No, I just say, say you can, they can, if, if they're in the music industry, uh, uh, it's always amusing. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story to end this. I sound quite serious. You know I'm not. Uh, I've got grown-up daughters as well as a five-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And the expert, when you've got 7 million readers a year on our blog, your reach is quite serious. And my daughter, when I saw her at Christmas, who's 23, she said, Dad, I went out for a date with a guy uh, about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And he told me he was, he got a band and he was recording. Mm -mm. And then I told him <laughs> that, she said, I told him that my dad runs a blog about recording. And he said, What's it called? And she said, it's called Pro Tools Expert. And she said, for the rest of the night, he wouldn't stop talking about you. <laughs> so I then posted on Facebook the next day. I said, if you're ever lucky enough to get a date with one of my beautiful daughters, don't talk about me or you'll never get a second date. <laughs> uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, so. so uh, You're so humble, Russ. You're so humble. I'm just being polite. Oh, yeah. I'm being polite. I don't want to cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no. But as I say, it just, it just made me laugh. It made me laugh that that happened. And it happened twice to her, oh. like just one. Anyway, but, uh, well, we have to laugh. I tell you, what, I've got a friend who just sends me constant memes all day during this whole situation. And it's keeping me sane. Oh, Absolutely yeah. keeping me sane. Just funnies about about all the politicians and stuff like that and just constant uh just mm -hmm. constant every every few hours it's just 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 brilliant it's it's just giving me sanity during this 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 mad time like sent me one last night this will make your readers laugh just just ask the wife to put on a, a, a nurse's uniform she said why are you feeling horny i said no we need some bread that's funny because <laughs> the only people that are allowed in the food stores in the morning are the, are the health workers. They're getting priority. So, so Oh, my God. Yeah, they're getting priority. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. So that's the only way we're getting through this. 
Thanks so much, Russ, for coming on. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. We have so much to talk about, and I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. Hey, it's a pleasure, and and, and just love across the ocean to 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 you and to all your listeners and stuff, and to to the whole of the America uh, as you go through as we share this this terrible time together. But let's make it count for something. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Let's speak soon. You take care. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to reach out for a reading. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Spiritual Reading. Stop by my website at spiritual readings.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and sharing this journey.